This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Well, hello there, and welcome to The Third Age, the show where people age 50 and over come to talk about, guess what, aging. <laughs> I'm David Debbin, the man from Hollywood, and I'm here with my partner, the doctor, Peter Brill, MD. I'm the doctor, Dr. <laughs> Peter Brill, the doctor's in. <laughs> Five cent, you know, <laughs> remember Lucy? <laughs> oh, do I remember? This is for people, not 70 and over, Peter, 50 and over. <laughs> remember. We guarantee, if you listen to us, you will never grow old. Wow. Anyone who's not listening is crazy with that guarantee. Anyone who's not listening is not listening. Somebody (laughs) told me that Aristotle (laughs) said, the gods, too, are fond of a joke. I don't know if he actually said that. Dr. I was there. Dr. (laughs) Brill told me he said that he was there. Okay. Well, who can doubt the benefit of laughter? There's a famous writer you probably know about, Norman Cousins, who's said to have cured his cancer with laughter. And today's guest, Leanne Jashway Bryant, is the author of Don't Get Mad, Get Funny, a lighthearted approach to stress management. And Leanne believes it is her mission to help the world become saner and healthier through humor. It should be a very amusing show. It better be, because if it's not, then... Either we're not funny or she's not funny. Well, she's probably not going to sell her book if she's not funny. That's enough. right. That's <laughs> right. And uh, I hope she's not listening to that part. You know, uh, we we have something that's not funny that you wanted to talk about today. Well, uh, you know, yeah, it's not funny, but I sure would like to make something funny out of it if I could. You know, we all, as we, as uh, well, it could happen to you at any age, but it just seems that as you get older, like a car, you get some dings and dents in your body. That doesn't mean that your spirit has dings and dents in it. Uh, your your emotional center may, and your and your um, uh, your thought center may, but not not your your spirit and where you where you live in joy and peace and all those. Wonderful things, and uh, and Peter has talked about many times the key to aging with joy and and passion and purpose is to be able to uh, differentiate your experience of life from your experience only of your body. You know, you look in the mirror. Oh, I'm old. I look in the mirror. I'm getting older. But that your your spirit's not getting older. Your spirit's the same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. So uh, I had last year a little bout with cancer and uh, got through it, did, did the uh, treatments required and got through it and was sailing along until I had another examination last week and found out that it's come back in some, some way. And, you know, you could get very upset about something like that and you could let it take over your, your life and the way you relate to people and you could, your relationships. You could become quiet. You could become, you know, you can just step back from dealing with people. This is, but to clarify something first, this is not a metastasis. You know, this is not where the cancer goes from one part of the body to another. It's right, right back in the same site where it was. Right. It just didn't get all of it. 
Well, right. no, they got all of what was there, but no, the, but, but it's there's essentially a new, in the same little yeah, area, in the same area, small yeah. area. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's something that that. Um, so how are you dealing with it? So how did, what what's the message for people that, that you want to want to bring forward? What how are you dealing with it, and how do you think people ought to deal with these kinds of things in life? Well, one thing I know I don't want is for people to say, oh, I'm so sorry for you. That's the one thing I don't want. They, I mean, I, I can understand the people who love me would feel that way, but I don't want anybody to really go out of their way to start expressing that or acting like that. Or being nice to you. Or being <laughs> overly nice <laughs> to me. They'd give me money, that's okay. <laughs> but I don't, want, I don't want to feel like, uh, you know, there's something special going on here that people have to walk on eggshells about. So yeah. uh, how do I handle it? You know, very often I even make jokes about it, believe it or not. But you, but you have moments of terror, I'm sure, that go through you. Uh, moments of, of feeling fatigued and depressed, not terror, yeah. because I don't feel that actually that my life is threatened yet. Uh-huh. So it's not so much terror. So you're uh, able to contain your fantasies. Yeah, they don't do what mine do sometimes, which is, you know, uh I stub my toe. Oh, my toe now is broken. Now, yeah. you know, it'll get infected and my leg is going to lose my leg and you know. Well, I've always <laughs> been I've always been like that. Yeah. But through the last session that I had with this, I learned that that was completely wrong. So when I first got it, I did start to feel like that. Yeah. But now I see that there's a process to this. There's a way of dealing with it. So I put that in its place, and I don't make that the dominant part of my life. And I think I can do it because I've, um, I believe in, I don't know, a higher power, I, I guess you would call it, mm -hmm. that, um, that sustains me and sustains uh, whatever is destiny. For all of us, I, I believe in destiny, and I believe in free will at the same time. And so if you believe in free will, that means you can do whatever you think you need to do in any given situation, no matter what the end is going to be, because you, you can't really change the end anyway. You know, what the best scientific research is showing now about human beings is that we exist in a kind of uh, ballet, emotional ballet with each other all the time. And... That's that the part of that spiritual feeling is the energy that that ballet brings. And you can prove its effect by showing that people, for example, men who join a group after their first heart attack have three times the survival rate as people who don't. Hmm. And so some of that spiritual feeling is that energy that other people send you. Well, that's true. Other people send me a tremendous amount of energy. Of support. And yeah, and and as long as it's not uh, sympathy, you know, that, I mean, I don't mind that. Oh, I just don't want to hear that, you know. <laughs> so, well, it's Emily, should we give them some sympathy, no, make them feel please, really No, <laughs> please, I hate that. That's morbid. Is sympathy it, is morbid. Is it? But uh, I, feel, I feel good. I feel great. I feel like I'm going on and that we're going to deal with it. Uh, but guess what? What? Enough of that. Enough of that. Let's talk about what really counts, which is the news story for the day. All right. And we all know that dating can be really difficult for third-agers, but here's uh, the type of dating to avoid. In Denver, a convicted killer who may receive the death sentence in uh, death penalty in Colorado has a MySpace page where he describes himself as pretty harmless. <laughs> 
Here's a name for you, sir. Mario Owens is serving a life sentence for a murder. And he writes in his profile on MySpace, uh, I was recently caught up in some BS. So, so your boy on lockdown in Cannon City, uh, Colorado, meaning so your boy, me, is on lockdown in Cannon yeah. City, uh, Colorado. I don't get to the computer much, so I'll have my cousin update me on this MySpace joint. I'm not able to get to it. I'm really just here to find some new friends. I have a lot of time on my hands, as you could tell, so I just want someone to write back and forth. You know what I mean? It really doesn't matter what it's about. I just need something to take time off from here sometimes. You could think of it as being pen pals and whatnot. I'm pretty harmless. (laughs) So, girls? (laughs) There he is. The page does not specify his crimes or mention that he may face the death penalty. (laughs) Well, there you have it. I'm surprised that you can actually have a MySpace thing from prison or you get access to the Internet. His cousin gave it to him. I got you. We have a special guest with us today. Her name is Leanne Jashway Bryant. She is a stress management and humor expert. How about that? She's a health educator, a comedy writer, and a stand-up comic. Boy, how can you do all those things? She has a Master of Public Health degree, which is either a Master's of Public Health or Mistress of Public Humor. Did you write that, Peter? Uh, no. <laughs> no, okay. No, it, <laughs> that it was took you. a comedy writer to write that, I guess. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> but not a, it took a comedy reader to read it correctly, which I didn't do. Uh, her mission, if she decides to accept it, is to help the world become healthier and more sane through laughter. Hi, Leanne. Hi, how are you? I'm good, and I hope you, uh, and I hear, also I see here that you have 15 books that I you've written. I do, yeah. And oh, your new and your new book is Don't Get Mad, Get Funny, A Lighthearted Approach to Stress Management. Actually, that's my first book. Oh. oh. My new book, which will be out in September, is Not Guilty by Reason of Menopause. <laughs> 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 so we have the whole pendulum swing of moods in there from lighthearted to menopausal. Not Guilty by Reason of Menopause. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why do, they, do you also explain why it's called menopause when it's for women? <laughs> because they want to put men on pause. <laughs> you know, if we had that clicking device that Jim Carrey had in the movie Click, that's what we would be doing during menopause. Oh, exactly. And the children, and yes. Right, and you know something? I would be grateful uh, as, as a, a husband. To be put on pause? Yes, yes, as a husband of a menopausal, wonderful woman. Everybody would be happy. That would be uh, win-win. Yes. I mean, all I need to do is actually, if I could use that clicker, I would turn into a big fan. <laughs> because it's always about hot flashes, you know? It just turned into a giant fan. I know. My doctor put me on the patch, but he didn't give me the right instructions, so I had to wear it over my left eye for a week. <laughs> like a pirate. I made people walk the plank, which did help with the mood swings. <laughs> now, um, we, you know that we're talking about the, uh, and two, the age 50 and up generation that would be my generation is that yours that is mine and although you, can, you know i only say that because i have documentation that proves it <laughs> i try to get by as 37 but i am i will be 52 this year oh my oh my. well then you count you finally count yeah i do uh, yeah so I, tell I, us tell us about your life this is quite a this is quite a journey from <laughs> a master's of public health to uh to writing all these books what what has carried you along? Tell us a little bit about your life story. It's to- My life story is a series of, of very lovely accidents that I have just gone with the flow. 
Um, I I was working as a health educator for the University of Texas Health Science Center at Houston. That's right, I am a native Texan. Um, for 12 years, and one of the things that I was doing was teaching stress management for our faculty, staff, and students, and I discovered that if you took a group of people and you put them in a conference room right next to their office and asked them to visualize something peaceful, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> their phones were ringing and their in-baskets were right there, and, and so I started looking for an alternative way to help them manage stress, and at the same time, I was getting a divorce from my first ex-husband, the evil one, uh, and I was looking for a way to manage my own stress. And I went to a therapist twice, because that's all my HMO would cover, of course. Yeah. And, and the therapist said, you know, you really haven't had much fun in your life. And that, that was the truth, because I, I kind of had to grow up really fast. When I was seven, I became mom, basically. And so I randomly picked a class out of a, co- a community college catalog. And I just landed on comedy writing. I could have landed on, like, naked clog dancing, and that would have been a different career path. But I... I had never really, you know, that hadn't been my thing. I I wasn't funny as a child. I wasn't voted class clown in high school. I was voted most likely to depress people, you know. (laughs) My role models were Sylvia Plath, Edgar Allan Poe. (laughs) And so I took this class. It was like a light bulb went on. And then about a year later, I was on vacation from Houston to the Portland area in Oregon. And I just kind of, we were dry. My then-husband and I were don't you like all the husbands? Is this this is not the evil one? This is the no. This is this is the second one. <laughs> the second one, the not semi-evil, one. semi-evil one. <laughs> the young one. We refer to him as the young one. Young the one. young one. Okay. okay. And he's uh, not underage, is he? No. Okay. <laughs> Hello. So, he's speaking husband. back. He's he's he yeah. wants to join. The, put him on the put him on the speak. Uh, put him on the. Uh, phone. Can we get the truth from him? Yeah. Yeah, really. And so we were driving down um, to get back to the airport, and I and accidentally. <laughs> signed the papers on a house and had to move to Eugene. So basically, it's been nothing but a series of accidents, but it's worked out very well. Well, what made you think that uh, that laughter was going to help people who were in in depressed conditions? You said stress management. Where did right. laughter come into this? Well, when I first started studying the impact, when the research was brand new, you know, Norman Cousins knew, and and most people are familiar with Norman Cousins' work and how he was um, had a a disease and he was told he was going to die in about six months, and he he just filled his life with the Marx Brothers and the Three Stooges, and he ended up living for a long, long time. And we really didn't know the physiological mechanisms by which that happened, but we knew that it did make people better. Well, now, this is 15, 20 years later, and we understand from the field of psychoneuroimmunology just what happens when you laugh in terms of your your cardiopulmonary system gets better and your immune system is strengthened and, and your saliva creates an enzyme that helps protect you from upper respiratory infections like colds and the flu. I tell people, if I spit on you accidentally, just rub a little in, you won't need a <laughs> flu shot. <laughs> So really, you know, we know from that the field of psychoneuroimmunology that anything that you do or think that is positive actually has a positive effect on your health and well-being, and that includes helping to manage your stress and emotional, you know, difficulties. The problem is, and you mentioned depression, basically I think of life and stress as a bag. We carry around a bag of stress, and there's three layers. It's like a tiramisu bag. And at the bottom,
bottom you have bowling balls, and that's where depression and anxiety come in. Those are the things where if you've just been told you have a chronic illness or you're in the middle of um, a divorce or you're moving across the country, you have these really massive stressors that are very difficult to cope with while you're right while they're fresh and new and sometimes like if they're childhood stressors they're still as emotionally raw your entire life but fortunately we don't get many bowling balls in our lives the next level is tennis balls and they often seem like bowling balls when they're happening if you've just hit a school bus for example it seems like a life altering health endangering thing but it may turn out there's nobody on the school bus except the driver and you did nothing but dent your fender and you don't even end up getting a ticket so it's really not the same level of stress but the thing wait that a second still- don't tell oh yeah we you're going to stay on tennis balls right uh, no. Oh, you're going to the next one? I was afraid yeah. to hear what the next one is going to be. <laughs> They're ping pong balls. Oh, ping pong balls. Okay. They weigh almost nothing, and they don't belong in our bag, but because they weigh nothing, we stuff them in willy-nilly. You know, our pants don't fit, and somebody says something that we misinterpret, and we have a deadline, and, and we forgot to mm-hmm. TiVo our favorite show, and mm-hmm. our we have an argument with our teenager about getting another piercing in their nose, <laughs> and we put those in the bag like they belong there. And they don't. And so laughter helps you pre- prevent putting things in the bag that don't go in there, and it helps them bounce out of the bag so you, do, so you have more room for the things that really are worthwhile of your energy to carry them around. So that's what laughter does. It's not necessarily that most people can laugh off cancer and, and things like that. And many people can, and it's a very valuable tool. For most people, they would get a lot of benefit just learning to laugh when somebody cuts them off on the freeway or they can't find a parking spot. So I'm going to test that right now because I'm going to cut you off for just a a minute or two here while we go to commercial. All righty. So we're listening to The Third Age. Stay tuned. We're going to have more humor. Uh, We'll be right back. Listen to Beauty Now, the intersection of cosmetic surgery, longevity, and biomedical innovation for confident decisions in preventative aging on personallifemedia.com. We're back with The Third Age. David Debbin here with Dr. Peter Brill. And we are talking to Leanne Jashwe Bryant, who is the author of Don't Get Mad, Get Funny, A Lighthearted Approach to Stress Management, and most recently, about to come out, her new book, Not Guilty by Reason of Menopause. Welcome back, Leanne. Thank you so much. We have uh, two ladies here, our, uh, our engineer and our associate producer, and we're going to give you the opportunity to demonstrate to them how their uh, particular tennis balls and ping pong balls, they have each a specific situation, Great. how they can uh, get to laugh about them. So okay. I'm going to introduce you first to Emily. Hi, Leanne. Who you may have Hi, met Emily. on the phone when she was uh, arranging your appearance on the Don't show. Don't you love these blind dates? <laughs> 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 what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Emily, tell... tell um, Tell Leanne what what stresses you lately. Well, I had one problem, which was finding a summer job. But actually, I think this is more uh, pertinent. 
I got a speeding ticket on my way from the Bay Area to Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, I was just leaving my house and I was driving and I got pulled over. I didn't know why. And it was because I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. So then I got a seatbelt ticket. And I did not think that was funny. I was very... <laughs> it's 106 bucks. It's $106. Right. And I was just outside my house, and I just gotten a speeding ticket. So I was very angry at the time. And I'm still... I'm over it, but I still don't but see... But you're not. Yeah. You're not <laughs> over it. I can tell you're not over it. And see, so one of the, the most important things to be able to do is when, when those kinds of things happen, the problem is the reason they feel like bowling balls and they feel like things that you can't get over is that that fight-or-flight mode kicks in. And when it has to deal with authority and somebody telling us we're violating the law or violating the rules and they're in our face and we don't feel like we have any power whatsoever, it feels like a bowling ball. We kick into fight-or-flight, which means we're thinking with our gut and not our brain. And you cannot change the fact that you are out that money. And that's the problem, right, is that it costs you a lot of money, two of them in a row. Right? Is that the major issue at this point? Uh, yes. Okay. Also, she's feeling like she's marked for bad luck. Yeah, I feel like I'm <laughs> horrible luck. <laughs> Maybe you should get that bullseye taken off of the car and you would feel better. But so the first thing to do is start using your brain. And the great thing about thinking comedically is that it replaces gut instinct thinking with brain-related thinking. And so, okay, the last time, I've only gotten a speeding ticket twice. And the last time, I'm coming down a big hill and I don't have my brakes on it. It's very steep, so your car just naturally goes fast. And I'm listening to Linda Ronstadt, so you, of course, want to go fast because I'm dancing kind of <laughs> in the car. And I see the flashing red lights, and I pull over, and the cop says, do you know how fast you're going? I said, yeah, you know, I realized I was going way too fast, and I'm very, very happy that you stopped me because somebody had to, and better you than a big truck. <laughs> and so the idea that you can be Playful in the acknowledgement that you have actually done what you're being accused of. Oh, that's good. It releases yeah. some of the tension right away. But one of the things to do is if, if in your brain you can simply say, is this a bowling ball? Is my life or health or the life or health of my friends or loved ones in jeopardy? And when you're getting the ticket, you're actually probably taking your life or health out of jeopardy. If you were going too fast, if you were not wearing a seatbelt, you actually were in jeopardy. But by the cop giving you the ticket, he's actually released you from some of the jeopardy. So actually you've converted from a bowling ball to a tennis ball right now, and he's doing you a favor. I'm saying he, I'm assuming it could have been a she. So, but but so so, so the so humor. Start by saying thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. 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 And you let me tell you. See, here's the thing: is if in every relationship you have with a person, you can make them giggle, and it's not very hard. You notice when I when we first met on the phone, and I said, "Don't you love these blind dates?" and you laughed. It relieves a lot of the interpersonal pressure and makes both of your jobs easier. And when I say using your sense of humor to get the tennis balls and the bowling balls out, it's not necessarily that you have to find those things funny before they are. There's a saying in comedy that comedy equals tragedy plus time. Now, getting a ticket is not really a tragedy. There are so many things that are much more tragic. But in your mind or in your gut, you may think it is. And the thing that substitutes for time is exaggeration because it gives you distance between what really happened 
and and what you're exaggerating happens. So if you can come up with something funny that's very exaggerated, so if you you know oh I see what you I see if you for instance if you break your arm in a stupid thing. Right. At the time, it's not funny. There's nothing funny about it. Right. But if when you, when with time and exaggeration, you look back and you see how silly it was, what you remember is how stupid you were, and it was funny exactly. that you were so stupid. So where's what the exaggeration, with, though? W- well, what you exa- can do is as you go into the office and you're complaining and whining, which is one way <laughs> of making that bowling ball continue to be heavy, <laughs> instead of whining about it like, you know, it actually happened, say, you know, a cop stopped me for what? For wearing a backless paper gown in, in rush hour traffic <laughs> or for having an inflatable doll in the carpool lane. If you make up something that isn't the truth, as long as you're not in front of the grand jury and have to, you know, be committed to something that is more truthful, it allows, and then you can tell the real story, but because you made people laugh by exaggerating, it lets you relieve a little of the tension, and it reminds you that it's not that tragic. Now, we have a much more tragic one for you. No. Okay. Okay. Right. You this ready, is, Lisa? This is Lisa. I, I'm, I'm ready. Okay, so this morning I woke up and we were having our coffee, my husband and I, and our dogs were outside. And they were unusually quiet because I've got a beagle who howls. Uh-huh. And so I went outside to check on them, and both our dogs were ripping apart this bag of plant fertilizer. Had uh-huh. white powder all over their mouth, so uh-huh. we rushed them in. And, of course, I am just as angry oh, yeah. as you can imagine you know because my husband left it out right. and he's pulling the dog in and we're trying to get him to drink water or eat and we called um, actually the company to see exactly what we should do and they didn't answer so I'm s- sitting here at the station worried about my dogs and whether or not they're we're gonna have to rush them in with some neurological problem you're worried about right. whether they're gonna turn into a plant <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm worried about how big they're gonna grow yeah, right. <laughs> Okay, let's get some humor into that. Okay, let's find some humor about this. Okay, you did call Poison Control, right? Um, No, actually, my husband didn't. He said, no, I'm going to call the company. So I'm I'm here at work and, and wondering how my dogs are. Okay, so the first thing you do is call Poison Control, and that's not funny, but that's a way to feel better because they will actually tell you what you should have done. What I should have done. Or what you should do. <laughs> make you feel yeah, 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 let's not talk in past tenses here. <laughs> <laughs> what you should have done first this morning. But she you just fainted. <laughs> and you got me because dogs are, I'm a big dog person. In fact, I have my door closed because I have three wiener dogs who eat everything. You didn't want okay. them to listen. <laughs> now, see, this is actually, while it's happening, a bowling ball because yeah. it is the life or health of your loved ones because mm-hmm. you love those dogs and you now have hate your husband. So the idea is that it is very difficult, almost impossible for most people who have not been training for a long time to see humor while something happens to find anything funny. The goal is that if you have been releasing the smaller balls out of your bag, see, if we keep putting balls and balls and balls into our bag, it gets very heavy. And if we have to stuff the bowling ball of two dogs getting into a bag of fertilizer into an already full bag, we emotionally or physically fall apart. The fact that you're holding it together somewhat tells me that you haven't, you probably have been doing a pretty good job of letting some of the balls out of the bag. For some, so the for I- some, let me interrupt here because we're going to have to take a break, but I just want to remind our, our listeners 
who have tuned in before the explanation of what all these balls were. <laughs> we, we, want, we want you to know, and uh, we will come back and we'll tell you exactly what the balls are that we're talking about. We'll right. right you back. call poison control, Lisa, while we're off the yeah, right. I'm going to call my husband and have him do it during the break. All right, we're going to be right back. All righty. Hi, this is Renee Stevens, host of Inside Out Weight Loss. If you want to be a thin person, you have to learn how to think like one. Learn how on my weekly show that aligns mind, body, and spirit for lasting change. Find me on iTunes or at personallifemedia.com. That's Inside Out Weight Loss, how to think like a thin person on personallifemedia.com. You are back with The Third Age. We're laughing it up here uh, in the studio. I'm David Debbin. I'm here with uh, Dr. Brill, Dr. Peter Brill, and our um, associate producer, Emily Figueredo, and Lisa Headley. Yeah, we've and had we, a lot of funny things happen here today. We, we've had poisoned dogs and yeah. speeding tickets. been really funny. And But the, <laughs> the funniest thing is we're talking to uh, Leanne uh, Jashway Bryant, whose book is called Not Guilty by Reason of Menopause. Now, But it's not out yet, so you have to go buy her first book in the interim while you're waiting for it, which is Don't Get Mad, Get Funny. Or <laughs> any of the 13 books in between. Well, I'm those sorry. We're, I'm, we're we, I think that we don't have enough time to yeah. list all those books. <laughs> <laughs> so they, where can they find them? Um, anywhere. Amazon.com, my website, accidentalcomic.com, no hyphen, because my name is hyphenated, so I don't need any more hyphen. You have a lot of names. Do you ever get I tired do. of listening to all those names? Lee and Jashway Bryant. You know, some, some people collect Elvis memorabilia. I connect, I collect hyphens. If you, you know, keep, if you keep marrying this way, you're going to end up with a lot of names. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have, you're not married to Kobe Bryant, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Now that would not be funny. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not not certain on certain days. Anyway, I was going to ask you a question. In this sure. class, it was life transforming for you. Yes. And uh, we we work with a lot of people who want to have their life transformed in one way right. or another. So, right. what was the secret that you learned there, or secrets? Well, you know you what's learned? interesting is the class wasn't wasn't a really good class. It was just that I never in my life understood that I had the power to choose how I saw what happened to me. That was the experience, that everything that happens is your choice how you look at it. It, you can somebody can die and you that's close to you, and you can choose to look back at the funny moments. And believe me, this has happened so many times in my life. It, it's really the, the only way you have power over what happens to you in life is to choose to control your perspective, and that's what I learned in that class. And subsequently, because I'm a believer in giving back, for the past 14 years. I've been teaching a comedy writing class to help people look at all the negative things that have happened in their lives, whether it's, you know, their dogs getting in the in the fertilizer or, sorry, my phone occasionally does weird and random things. Um, the, it's, or, a, it's, it's the government listening in on your conversation. It is, and it will happen again because they always, twice there, that was yeah, the second that's the call one. Waiting, huh? but, so. so I teach a class to allow them to write their lives as comedy because I really think that that idea that idea. we can control our perspective. And if you can that's go one further, exercise. 
And if you can go one further and say, what's funny about this? Because everything has an element of humor. Yes. But we've been told, you know, grow up, get serious, act your age. That's not funny. Behave like a professional. And really, that's about the worst advice you can give everybody because that just makes us angry and annoyed at, with one another. That's for sure. That's now, um, do you teach this class online, or do you teach it at a local college? Or I teach it at a local community college. Uh-huh. I also do uh, summer uh, intensive workshops, and I teach it a variety of um, writing workshops across the country, like at the Irma Bombeck Writers Conference every other year. Or so, so how do people get get a list of what this? Where do they go to get the a really? The really the best thing is to go to my website, accidentalcomic.com, and you will see there is a calendar of events page, and you can look there and see what's going on and see if it's something that you might want to do. But I also do interactive consulting, both on phone and via email. So if you're trying to find more humor in your life, if you're trying to write a memoir that releases some of the tension about what's happened in your life by using some humor, what I can help with that. What a great idea. That is a fabulous service. What a great idea. Well, thank you. I, it, it's been so helpful for me to look back and say, you know, it's not all that bad. You, If you look at everything, I like to say I'm, I'm very mathematically oriented. I was on the slide rule team in high school, and I know, I know I'm dating I had myself. A, I, listen, I had a circular slide rule. Ooh, you're nerdier than I am. In high school, I was. But remember when... So if you if you think of life as being a straight line and you're going along and you expect things to happen along a straight line, and it, they don't. It goes off in another direction. And right there where the straight line meets the other line, which goes off in a, another direction, is where you have to make a decision about how you look at things. And that happens so many times during the day. You think you're going to park here. You think this is going to happen at work. You know, you think this hair is going to turn out this color. (laughs) Um, And life takes a a, a skewed turn, and you get to choose at that point. And if you can choose to say, what's funny about this? Can I tell a real short story? Sure. Yeah, it looks like we're not going to get an environmental call this week. So I'm driving across the mountains in Oregon to do a presentation for the Librarians Association of Oregon, and there are not enough public bathrooms, but there are plenty of logging roads. So when I had to heed the call in nature, I did so out in nature, up against a tree, got back in my car, and there was some kind of weird itching sensation, and I didn't have time to check it out, so I drove all the way in. I'm standing in a buffet line, and as the line moves forward while I'm talking to these librarians, a giant piece of bark falls out of the back (laughs) of my pants and lands on the floor, and we're all standing there staring at it, and they have no idea what it is. And, you know, this is a point where you get to make a decision. Oh, I thought you got to make a joke about that. Right. Well, most people would have just been humiliated. I simply looked up and said, thank heaven now if I could just get the squirrel to come out of my underwear. (laughs) (laughs) And so not only did it relieve my tension, but they were tense because they didn't know what to say either. I think I would have kicked it under the table. I don't think I (laughs) had something something on hand to say. I love this... But this if you can do that, every time something humiliating, do you know that 60-plus percent of our stresses as human beings are related to our ego? Yeah, Ooh. oh, easily. Oh, We're easily. simply yes. worried about what other people think about us Absolutely. when mostly they're thinking about themselves. Mm-hmm. So if we can let go of, those are what I call the ping-pong balls. They're ego-related yeah. stresses. Yeah. Oh, it's exactly right. That's when you walk into a restaurant and you have to walk to the back table and you're so self-conscious about 
you know, there's people looking at you as you walk by and, you, you right. know, you're self-conscious. And nobody really is really looking at you. No, and you're they're so, all thinking you're, about their own problems. I think yeah. they're all admiring me. You're walking. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but if you, if you can let all the ego stresses go, then your bag is lighter. So you have more energy to carry it around. And you have more room in it to fit the real things that are worthy of stressing out about. Well, Leanne, I want to thank you so much. You this is brought the best a lot advice of, we've had in a long time. Great advice, oh, and you. and to confirm what you're saying, people will live about seven to eight years longer by following your advice and by being positive about life. And you've certainly brought a wonderful spirit with us today. So thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It's been delightful. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. Listen to Just for Women: Dating, Relationships, and Sex a weekly internet audio program from personallifemedia.com. Fresh inspiration and expanded relationship options for today's woman. We're back with The Third Age, and uh, this is David Devin with Peter Brill. For those of you dog lovers who were listening to the problem that Lisa expressed in terms of having stress about the dogs who swallowed the fertilizer, we are now going to have Lisa ask her husband what was the result. And she, they haven't talked. No, no they this haven't is, talked. This is live this going is live. on right now. This is the fun part of the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, honey, how's it going? Pretty good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, th- you thought this would be a visual assessment question, didn't you? had no idea. Okay, well, we've got uh, uh, two, actually three people in here and everyone else who's listening wondering, are the dogs alive? They are alive. They're behaving very much like dogs. Okay, so they're not foaming at the mouth. Not foaming, not twitching. What did you uh, do? Did nothing other than to uh, observe them and uh, at Lisa's suggestion, making sure they have plenty of water to drink. So it's going through their system. Well, we can hope so. <laughs> anyway, we had a guest today who suggested that you call Poison Control just to check it out. That's the place to call. But Do we have a number for them? Uh, you can you can get just it easily. Google it. In, it. Yeah, on information. Oh, okay. Because I did try to contact the manufacturer. Yeah, but Poison Control is better because they'll they'll just take the chemicals in it and tell you what what it'll do. This is the concern uh, of an actual I'm doctor. A you're <laughs> a physician who is not having fun. He's actually telling you what to do. No, but we used this as a something that was funny on the air. Yeah. If you can believe that. Okay. I missed it. <laughs> well, well you need to listen to the show. <laughs> we'll talk right. to you later. Bye, babe. Uh, okay. That was yeah, great. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, how much time do we have? You have four minutes. Okay. Four minutes. No, no. Four minutes? We yeah. Don't look at that clock. That clock's Four and a half minutes. Four and a half minutes. Oh, we're done earlier than that. Anyway, I want to tell you about, we were talking about, I want to tell Emily, so she doesn't feel too bad, about uh, getting a ticket from a a policeman. Mm. Uh, A good friend of my wife's was uh, in, uh, going to work, and she was in her car alone, and she was on her way to work, and uh, she was, um, you know, there were, it was, there's a lot of traffic, so it was slow moving, and so as she was going on, she was, you know, fixing her makeup and stuff, and then... And then she kept, and then she kept going, and, and all of a sudden the, the the lights in the back, you know, the cop lights, red and blue or whatever, flashing red lights. They pull up. The cop comes up to the car and he says, "I am giving you a ticket for farting in your car." <laughs> and she couldn't believe 
that how first of all how could he hear her second of all how could and is that against the lord to fart in your car i don't know well it turns out that he was talking about and this is a true story F-A-H-R-D-I-N-G, farting. When you fard, it's to apply cosmetics. (laughs) 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 So she was literally farting in her car. And and that is against against the law. (laughs) And particularly for men. Don't fart in your car because you don't want to apply cosmetics you don't to want your that face. On your head. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Can you okay. imagine that on your resume if you had to list that every job? Oh, ticket for you mean you yeah, got Yeah, what I got a ticket for <laughs> <laughs> It's a word, you can look it up. I did uh, in the dictionary immediately. Uh, I'm sure F- it is. A-H-R-D. I am sure it is. Otherwise we would have bleeped it out. <laughs> so we have two minutes. We, well really one because one. the last one we oh, have to right. give some okay. credits here. So let's let's start off by thanking all the people who make our show possible. Yeah. The wonderful Emily Figueredo. Thank you. <laughs> Lisa Headley, Dr. Peter Brill, and myself, and of course, Les Carroll, and the people who own our station. And sponsor our show. And sponsor our show. So if you have um, if you have any questions for us or you have any suggestions for how we could make our show better, please, we don't want to hear them. <laughs> Keep them to yourself. <laughs> ThirdAgeFoundation.com. www.thirdagefoundation.com. And so we're going to sign off. Uh, Tune in next time for another Journey into the Third Age. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.